and welcome back to the Bug in the Rug podcast. My name is Whitney. <laughs> no, that's wrong. <laughs> is it Bug in the Rug? <laughs> no. This is why I'm not oh, God. to do it. Well, I couldn't even say it the first time I hit record. Let's try it again. Welcome back to the Bug and Rug Podcast. As always, my name is Kaylin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And today, if we can get through the intro, we are bringing you a story that may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully by the end of it, we will all still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. But only time will tell because this story is not a happy one. I just want to address the fact that we've jinxed ourselves because we did brag about how we finally how got, we've the got the it down. down. And then... Neither of us, I couldn't remember the name of the podcast, and you couldn't remember to say hello to and say welcome. Hello and welcome. <laughs> hello and welcome. How Where rude. Is this how we treat guests? <laughs> I can't even say that it's the margarita you made me because I've only taken three sips of it. The margarita? I did top off your glass with the bottom of the blender, which you know was what? This makes all a tequila. lot of sense. Without me looking, this makes a lot more sense now. So that third sip? Yeah. That Did's... took me over the edge. Tequila! We don't drink. We've never, we've, I have never and will never drink alcohol. No, it's a non-spicy margarita. (laughs) A virgin margarita. You heard it here first, folks. Virgin's not spicy. (laughs) Had a little bit of spice. Okay. We're off to a good start. We're off to a great start, and I think we should just keep it rolling with the story. Now, I know at the beginning of the month we discussed that we were going to try to do better putting stories out there of people of color. Yes. And we kind of, we did that, and then we kind of got away from it, but since it's still February, so it's still Black History Month. Yes. I decided to bring a story of a... Wonderful African-American woman um, who uh, unfortunately had disappeared in 2010. Um, And I found this because there have been updates as late as December of 2020. Oh. So this is the story that I'm going to bring. Does all that make sense? I'm not cutting anything. I'm just going to. You leave this part in Yeah. Mm -hmm. Boogers. How we doing? (laughs) Fart joke. Stop it. Stop it. Now I have to take care of it. No. Um, so so that's what I've decided to do. Um, found the story. Thought it was interesting. It's sad. Can never, can't really find happy ones. I feel like I have to be the one that brings it down, right? Because it was my idea and I said that I wanted to talk about all these sad stories. You bring us a wonderful episode on Valentine's Day and I just yeah. take this right back down. On blood sacrifices, right. whipping and... <laughs> That's a big party, though. Beheaded saints, yeah. Pa- party. Party. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> All right, so let's just jump into it. So, Unique Raquel Leona Harris was born to Valencia Harris in Richmond, Virginia on January 31st, 1986. Valencia cared for Unique as a single mother for the early stages of her life, 
However, Valencia eventually started seeing a man who had a son named Varndell and a daughter named Ashley. Now, they quickly became a close-knit family, with Unique being the quintessential big sister. So she was known to be the person in the family that was always thinking of everybody else. This was like a thing that kept getting brought up, but she always had like spare gifts and spare cards in case somebody forgot. She was like, we're not leaving anybody out. Like, I always have stuff on hand. We're not going to forget anybody. That's really sweet. Like, everybody's really important. And Vardell, especially, but also Ashley, both said that they really looked up to her. Like, she was the loving one of the family, the one that cared for all everybody. It's like when, um, when the Tooth Fairy plans on bringing a gift, if you lose a tooth... Yeah. But then you're having a sleepover and then like multiple people lose teeth in yeah. one night. Yeah. Or and you then Tooth Fairy starts to panic but then realizes that she can call her mom <laughs> Grandma Tooth Fairy <laughs> and that Grandma Tooth Fairy might have an extra beanie baby lying about. <laughs> yeah. Or how somebody may or may not have lost a tooth on the way to Chicago. And the Tooth Fairy <laughs> was going to panic, but then she remembered that they were in a car and could stop and get Beanie Babies. I don't remember that story. Tooth Fairy's Aunt Aunt Sandy. <laughs> of course. Anyway, anyway. Everybody in the family said that she was, like, the core of their family. Like, she kept everybody together because she wanted them to be, like, a loving family. Sure. Pretty much. So in 2006... Valencia moved to the Washington, D.C. area. So Varndell stated that Unique held the family down throughout this transition. She was known to have a big heart, and this allowed their family to not feel like they were missing something when Valencia moved. Um, You know what I mean? Like, she just moved for, like, a new job or something like that. It wasn't anything. So they, it was sad, but Unique was the person that stayed strong and, like, helped them get through And adjust. And adjust. Yeah, exactly. Now, another jump to the summer of 2010, Unique actually decided to move closer to her mother to have help with her two sons, who were now three and five. So her two sons were Yuandre, who was three, and Richard, who was five. So Unique wanted to move closer to her mom, and she had some other family members that kind of lived in the area. Mm -hmm. Um... Her sons were becoming of school age. She wasn't with their father anymore, so she wanted some help because not only did she want to put them into school, she actually also wanted to go back to school. Sure. So she decided that, you know, her mom was like, absolutely, I'll babysit for you. Like, come on up here. Don't worry about it. We'll work it out. Mm -hmm. So Unique moved up there, and she was applying to um, take massage therapy classes at a vocational school. Okay. Neat. In October of 2010, Unique's grandfather, who was also named Richard, so her son's actually named after this grandfather. Sure. So we're going to have two Richards here for a moment. Um, But the grandfather, Richard, had come to visit Valencia. Um, Valencia had recently broken her foot, so she was needing some help, so he decided to come and help her. It was her dad, I I think. Yeah. Um... I don't know their relationships necessarily, but it was Unique's grandfather. Sure. sure. Um, but he came in to help her out and then help Unique with the grandkids because um, he wasn't going to say no because now he gets to see his grandkids for the week. Great-grandkids. You know I mean? Great-grandkids and grandkid, I guess. But yeah, yeah, so he gets to see the whole family. So he's like, absolutely, I'm going to come down. So on Friday, October 8th, the entire group got together at Valencia's home. 
Richard gave you Andre and Richard Jr., I guess. Little Here. Richard. Little Richard <laughs> <laughs> gave them haircuts as Unique and Valencia chatted about their week. When it was time to put the boys to bed, Richard offered to drive the group back to their apartment. Um, so Unique only lived about five minutes away. Mm-hmm. But the place she was living was the 2400 block of Hartford Street, which was not known to be the best neighborhood. Hmm. She, Unique, had allegedly witnessed a murder just a few days before while on her phone with her mother. Like, she was in her apartment and was looking out the window across the street and was on the phone with her mom telling her, like, what she she thought she was witnessing a murder essentially that's really scary yes so this was a traumatic experience for her but she stayed really strong and she wasn't super worried about it because she wanted that independence like she wanted to be able to go back to school put her sons through school live on her own kind of do the whole deal and valencia wasn't super worried about it because she only lived five minutes away so Mm -hmm. even though it wasn't the best neighborhood They were right there for each other. Sure. Now, on the evening of Saturday, October 9th, 2010, which is the next day, Mm -hmm. Unique was preparing to have a movie night with her sons and their eight-year-old cousin. Now, when I was listening to the Trace Evidence podcast about the story, he says, Tayla, but it's spelled T-A-L-A-Y-A, so I think it looks like Talia. Or Talia. Or Talia. Which, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I'm going to go with Talia because that's what it looks like to me. Anyway, her name's Talia Reed. As Unique was making the popcorn for their movie night, her grandfather called to check in for the day. So they chatted for a little bit. He said his goodbyes to Unique and his goodbyes to the grandkids. She put them on speakerphone, had him talk to the kids for a minute. They were all, you know, giggling, laughing, really excited to watch their movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they hung up for the evening. When the movie finished, Unique put the children to bed and then something happened. All three kids. All three kids. All three kids went to bed. Okay. They're young. Yeah. So eight-year-old's the oldest and then it's five and three or... Four and five, the birthday situation kind of messed up some of my articles. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're little. So this was only like nine they are going to bed. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. early in the or evening. Or early. Yeah, you never so know. So she, she sets them into bed and then she goes about her evening. Now, the children awoke around 8.30 the next morning to an empty home. They, they did not know where Unique was. Huh. So after looking through the house and kind of waiting you know the oldest one's eight years old so she doesn't really know what to do she decides to call her mom tiffany so this call is made at approximately 9 a.m now her mom isn't super concerned because she's like oh well unique probably ran out to the corner store to buy you guys breakfast right like it's, it's still really early so maybe she just ran out to pick some things up and it's gonna come back so she calmed Talia down and was like, it's okay, like, I'll call you back and I'll check in in a little bit, like, I'm sure it's fine. So the call ends. Now, she tried to contact Unique's cell phone, but she didn't get a response. But again, she's like, ah, oh, maybe she's out, like, in line or something and didn't pick up her phone. Like, she'll call me back in a little bit. It's mm-hmm. no big deal. 
Or she's driving and you don't want well, she she's didn't driving, answer the phone. Right. Driving. Or she's, you know, on public transit. She's she's speaking to somebody. You don't know. So she but she wasn't super worried about it. She's like, okay, it's fine. Now she couldn't leave where she was to go like check on the kids because I think she was at work. Mm-hmm. But she called Talia back several times that day. And each time she called, Talia said that Unique still wasn't there. Hmm. Which is still kind of strange, but at this point, Tiffany, she can't leave, so she doesn't really know what to do. Now, there were two separate stories that it really doesn't matter, um, because around the same time, her and Valencia and Richard all, like, get to the apartment together. So one story says that Tiffany got there and then called Valencia and Richard, and another story says that she called them and they went over and then she got there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but there's some discrepancies on what happened to who got there first. Now, it doesn't matter, like I said. Around 3 p.m., Tiffany called Valencia and they decided all to go over to the apartment. Yeah. Now, Valencia wasn't super worried either because they live in the Washington, D.C. area. So, if Unique decided to take the bus somewhere... She could have been stranded. Like, the bus hasn't come yet, mm-hmm. or it missed that stop. I've never been. I've never ridden a bus in Washington, D.C., but all the articles that I read and w- interviews with Valencia, she was pretty much like, listen, you can be stranded for hours because the bus missed your stop, or you're in the wrong spot, or they skipped you, or whatever. So that's what they were thinking. Well, yeah, because it's like, okay, if you miss your stop. Yeah. Or, like, say you, say you fall asleep on the bus and you miss a couple stops. How do you get back around? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you might have to make the whole trip around. I don't know. That would right. be, like, with the subway, you'd have to wait all the way around. Like, I don't know how it works. We don't have... Right. We don't usually take a bus system. Yeah, yeah. And also, we're not in a huge city, city where yeah. it would be an issue. Right. But I can imagine yeah. that makes sense. Like, if you get stuck there, you're just stuck there for however long it takes the bus to come back around, which could be hours. Yeah. So, so they weren't super worried about it, but they all decided to go check on the kids because, you know, they're young. Mm-hmm. So Tiffany gets there. Richard goes over because Valencia has a broken foot. So Richard goes to, um, like, check on the kids because mm-hmm. Tiffany takes Talia to leave or is going to. Now, when discussing what happened the previous night, like, they're talking, they're like, oh, did Unique say anything about where she was going today? Like, did she mention to you kids that she's going to pick you guys up any food? And they didn't really say anything, except Talia said that she thought she might have heard a man's voice at some point after they had gone to bed. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't know if it was in the apartment or, like, if it was the TV or if it was a neighbor outside. Mm-hmm. Like, she couldn't tell. She's also eight and could have been, like, she's going to be, like, half asleep. Right. It's not like she woke up and was super attentive to what was going on. Exactly. So so they're like, oh, okay, like, maybe somebody came over, yada, yada, yada. But that's all they could get from the kids. The kids had no idea. And again, they're young. So they, they were asleep. They were asleep. They don't know. So Richard took you, Andre, and little Richard, the son Richard, to Valencia's, since they still couldn't reach Unique. They, they had tried her cell phone a couple more times and it wasn't picking up. He returned to the apartment to grab, like, overnight clothes for the boys. Yeah. Because he was like, I don't know where Unique is, so I'm going to go grab some stuff for them. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, he looked around the apartment some more and noticed some items that really drastically changed 
the situation in his mind. Hmm. So Unique's purse, which included her wallet and her identification, were hanging on the kitchen chair. So mm-hmm. she can't go buy anything now, right? Because she doesn't have any money with her. And she can't take a bus. She can't take a bus because she doesn't have identification, bus pass, money. She doesn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. So he started to look around a little bit more, and he realized that folded on her bedroom pillow were her glasses. Now Unique was nearsighted and had very poor vision. Mm-hmm. Never went anywhere without her glasses. And she's worn glasses since the fourth grade. Like, she's she's never gone anywhere without them. Yeah. She can't see. Valencia actually said in a interview that it would have been nearly impossible for her to get out of her apartment complex without her glasses. Like, going down the stairs and things like that. Because mm-hmm. she recently moved here. It's only been five weeks. Yeah. So and for how her to be able to walk around. To navigate through that, you can't. Exactly. And if she did go to, like, the corner store or whatever, if she can't literally can't see anything, how's she going to buy anything? And she doesn't have her purse. Right. And she doesn't have her purse. So, at this point, Richard called Valencia and told her, quote, Valencia, honey, it doesn't look good at all. And so they decided to call the police. Yeah, yeah. Because now it's gone from she's gone out to pick up something to something happened to her because she wouldn't have left. She wouldn't have just left. She wouldn't have just left. Now, investigators searched the home and canvassed the neighborhood, but they came up pretty Mm empty-handed. There were no signs of a forced entry, but the items left behind by Unique led investigators to believe that there was some sort of foul play involved. Right. They don't know what, uh, because there wasn't signs of a struggle, but to them, this wasn't like a missing person's, she got up and wanted to leave to move and start a new life. Without her glasses. Without her glasses, without her kids, without her mom. Like, it wasn't that, clearly. Mm -hmm. So they were like, okay, something's wrong. So this immediately moved to a criminal investigation. Sure. Now, the commander of the district's 7th precinct, Joe Maupin, explained, quote, We felt it would be very odd that she would disappear. There was no indication of any foul play. The place wasn't disheveled. It wasn't torn up. You do have cases where people just leave, but we didn't feel that this was the situation here. Well, so, hmm, there's no signs of a struggle, but she knows She has three kids in the room next door. Yeah, exactly. You're going, you're going, you're going, okay, whatever you want to do, you leave the, you you leave the kids alone. Leave the kids alone. Exactly. That's exactly my thoughts. That's what you do. You don't make a big fuss because then they're threatening the kids. Absolutely. I agree. And she's smart enough to know Mm -hmm. you don't do that. Exactly. That's, that's, that was immediately what was going, someone breaks in and has a gun and says, come with me or I shoot your kids. You're leaving with them. You're leaving. You're leaving. Like, you're just leaving. Sorry. (laughs) Like, that's what's going to happen. Now, Unique Raquel Leona Harris was only 24 years old at the time of her disappearance. She's an African-American woman standing at approximately 5 feet 8 inches tall and weighing roughly 130 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes, a mole on her upper lip, and a tattoo on her lower back of the names Richard and Yuandre. At the time of her disappearance, she was wearing a white t-shirt, gray sweatpants, a sterling silver necklace that was clasped with a safety pin, and matching earrings with garnet beads. Now, 
even with this information and them canvassing the area, nobody said that they had seen her. Mm-mm. Now, small details caught investigators' eye, even though there were not many. The bed looked as if no one had slept in it, even though Unique had clearly taken off her glasses and set them, like, on the pillow to go to bed. Yeah. But there was no, like, it didn't look like she'd even sat down. Now, Unique's cell phone, her apartment key, and her spare key to Valencia's were the only items missing from her purse. They're unsure if the spare key and her apartment key were on the same key ring. They assume so, but they don't know. Like, it could have, they didn't know if she took two separate keys or, like, one key. Probably one. I know that's a weird detail, but with that being the only thing that yeah. was missing. Yeah, they don't. Valencia they don't. was like, no, she has my spare key, too. It's not here. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, investigators started to wonder that maybe Unique stepped out to make a phone call or, like, take the trash out after the kids had gone to bed or, like, somebody had like, knocked on her door and was asking for help because she's very kind. She would probably go help somebody in need. Now, no one really knows. And one of the things that was stumping them was they, they didn't know if the door had been locked from the outside. Like, they couldn't tell that she went outside, closed the door, and, like, locked it. Because when Tiffany had come to pick up Talia, Talia had opened it from the inside. And she's mm. eight. She's not going to realize whether or, not, whether it was or not it was locked or not. Right? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that was the one thing that was very confusing to them. Because mm-hmm. there was no signs of forced entry. But it would have made, to me, a huge difference if she would have stepped out and locked the door versus somebody's pretending to be in need. She opens the door and they, like, pull her outside. Does that make sense? Right. Was was ti- was time taken to lock the door? Right. Or was it a swift, like, grab and go? Right. That sounds bad. But right. you know what I mean. And again, like, they don't have a lot to go on. So this is very, like, nitty gritty. But mm-hmm. this was, like, the only things that they, the only evidence that they could find at right. this point. Right. Now... No matter what, no matter what scenario you come up with in your head, we have to remember one thing. She was, like, blind without her glasses. And she did not have her glasses on. So, if she left, if she went to go help somebody, if, you know, she went to take the trash out, she went to make a phone call, in my mind, she probably still would have put her glasses on. She would have needed them. She would have needed them. It, it, I don't know how far away the trash can is. I don't know if it's right outside the door or if she had to walk a little. I don't know, like... I don't know. Where they live. Like, or if they're up on a landing and she has to walk down to the dumpster, she right. would have taken her glasses. Right. But still, like, I don't know. It, it's very strange to me. Now, this got the investigators thinking, well, maybe... Maybe the man's voice that Talia heard was somebody inside the apartment. Or at the door. Or at the door. Maybe somebody had come in, right? Mm-hmm. So they were kind of starting to check on um, people she knew. Mm-hmm. So they tried to look at, like, her cell phone or call log. Now, her cell phone's missing, but they're looking at what calls she might yeah. have made or what, you know, who may have called her. So the only thing that they could find 
is that she had received a call at approximately 3 a.m. on the morning she went missing. But from whom and for how long is still a mystery. They haven't released that information. Mm-hmm. You know, this happened in 2010, so I'm sure they have it. Like, I'm sure investigators had it yeah. at this point. But at this point, nobody knows. Or the the public doesn't know, I guess I should she say. It's awfully weird that she didn't sleep in her bed. But things went down at 3 a.m. Yeah. Unless she's up watching TV. But I would think the kids would have heard, heard her. the TV. Yeah. Yeah, true. Now, there are rumors that state her phone was able to receive calls weeks after Unique had vanished. Meaning that it would have had to have been charged mm-hmm. by somebody. However, there is no concrete proof of this at all. This is just total hearsay of, like, people on the internet Mm -hmm. kind of thing. I don't even really know where this idea came from. It was in, like, one of my articles. Mm -hmm. But it said, like, some people say that this happened. Yeah. I don't know where they got that. So, police are trying to look at individuals that Unique was involved with. They're looking for somebody who may have called her, who wanted to call her, who she was in contact with. Mm -hmm. Her ex-boyfriend and father of her children was still living in Richmond at the time of her disappearance He was questioned, he submitted to a polygraph test, and he passed. They really didn't have any evidence that he was in the area at the time, or that he had any ill will, necessarily, towards Mm -hmm. Unique. So he was ruled out as a suspect. A man that Unique was thought to be seen at the time was also questioned. However, he had an alibi as he was attending a U.S. Job Corps program in West Virginia at the time. So he wasn't near it. So he wasn't near the Washington, D.C. area. Now, in 2017, so the seven years later, mm-hmm. one of Unique's sons said that he had gotten out of bed in the mm. middle of the night, and he heard his mother talking to somebody, and he opened the door, and he recognized someone he knew by the name of Iceberg. After closing the door, he said he heard his mother yell, get out, get out. Now, police had looked into this man. They were friends, I think. They knew each other. So they were looking into him again when the son said this. But when questioned later, the son said that he doesn't remember that happening. Now, remember, if it was the youngest son, he was three at the time. And the the oldest one is five. So... Does he remember? Could that have been another night? Right. I think that was the problem. Like, he couldn't remember that night specifically. This seems like just the tip of the iceberg. Okay, get out of here. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to say it. I had to say it. I know it's inappropriate considering the situation. (laughs) Now, this was really the only information given out for a very, very long time. Like, what I just told you. That was it. That was given to the public. And Valencia was very frustrated with this because she felt as if... She felt as if, once again, she is, like, another person of color who's not getting the, the coverage that she deserves. Right. Because Someone knows someone something. Someone knows something. It's a mother of two, and you're not even going to be on national television. You know what I mean? Or local. I mean, yeah. what was the local news? Like, I don't, not I don't know. Much. I don't Yeah. Not much. So, she was very fl- frustrated with this, and she told investigators this so investigators pointed her towards the black and missing foundation now the black and missing foundation is a and i took this right off their website a nonprofit organization whose mission is to bring awareness to missing persons of color 
provide vital resources and tools to missing persons, families, and friends, and to educate the minority community on personal safety. Now, this organization, after Valencia reached out to them, helped her create flyers and kind of get it a little bit more on the internet, um, posted to a couple websites, like Black and Missing, or other websites like this that focus on uh, people of color mm-hmm. who are missing. Sure. Um, so this this garnered a little more attention. Still not what we should, I think, come to expect. Like, I think we need to hold it at a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Like, people might say this is enough, but that's not enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it seems like I would think they would be putting out some type of missing persons be on the lookout for ABC. Right, exactly. Even if I understand it's an ongoing investigation, a lot of times you don't want to give away Yeah, key but even things. like... Yeah, but and they then, didn't even give out really, like, what happened. Like, that she was gone. Like, she got very little media coverage. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I I know. I mean, with so little, when they have so few clues, I understand wanting to keep some of it close to mm. the vest. Yeah. But you got to say, you got to do something, something to right. get it out there because someone knows something. Yeah. you Someone always knows something. Right. It, but they don't know... But if you don't project it to a wide enough audience, nobody's going to say... Those people might not say anything because they don't know. Right, right. And I think that's what frustrates a lot of these families, like Valencia, um, because they think, and it does, hinder the recovery of the person. Absolutely. So, she... This isn't... Like, she doesn't discuss it as much as, like, the Asia Degree story, like how her family was very outspoken about... They only got time on certain talk shows, and that was mm-hmm. it. It wasn't unfair. She, I didn't find articles like that, like interviews of that, but um, in some it does state that she was very frustrated with the lack of media coverage. For sure. I'm sure she's like, nobody wants to, no Co- one's listening. Right, exactly. Nobody's covering this. Why aren't we covering this? Yeah. And now, so with little information coming from the police, you know, nobody's really stepping forward in the public Nobody knew what happened, so theories began spreading between those who had heard of a unique story. Now, there's a couple of theories we're going to go off. Theory one was that Unique just left. Those who believe this theory point to the fact that her keys and her cell phone were missing. They think that maybe she wanted to move somewhere else permanently to like completely start over, but this is like the least popular theory that there is. Why would you take your cell phone? Well, my thing is, why would you take your cell phone and not your wallet? Like, no well, money? I can understand, like, leaving your identity, maybe. But then you leave everything. Yeah. And you take your glasses. Right, and she didn't have her glasses on. Please, and let's all remember this. This makes it seem like, from what you've said and what her family seems to have reported, that she didn't have a spare pair of glasses. Like, she had yeah. one pair of glasses. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Well, the glasses that she wore all the time, she left at home. Yeah, like, so she like, didn't have another pair. It's no. not like she secretly got laser eye surgery. <laughs> Overnight. Right, and also people are like, why would she leave her kid? Why would she leave when she had just moved? Mm-hmm. She was applying to school. She had two beautiful kids. 
her and her mom were getting along great because they had just gotten back, like, reconnected mm-hmm. and were hanging out all that. They were, like, inseparable. People were like, that doesn't make any sense. So people just throw this one out there because when someone goes missing, I think that's what people have to say. Well, you have to consider, like... You have to consider it to be at least a kind of a happy thing that she wanted to disappear. <laughs> Need the Japanese mafia for that. Right? <laughs> True. Theory two. Some believe that Unika may have been targeted after witnessing the murder. This is exactly what I was that thinking she saw. from the beginning. Whatever she saw, people found out that she saw it. Yes. And they needed to make her disappear for seeing what she saw. Yes. Some people think that maybe she had talked a little too loud about it to somebody. Somebody heard that was committing the crime and decided that she needed to be taken out. Now. What could have easily been a gang thing right easily yes true very true now there is no the problem with this theory is that there is no confirmation on what unique actually saw nobody can find a crime that happened where she said it happened now it could have gone un reported unreported but if it was a murder there would still have to be a report on a dead body Near her apartment complex. Unless they moved the body. You're right. Unless the body was dumped. You're absolutely right. And there right. is no body. No, so, no body, no crime. So, so, yeah, okay. That's insensitive of me, I'm sorry. You have a good point. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about a... We're talking about a missing person right now. You can't prove that somebody died there if there's no body there. This is very true. There's no body there. Yes. Nobody. So... There's no confirmation on what happened, so a lot of people say even if this is what happened, it would be so hard to figure it out because unless somebody comes forward saying they saw something, there's no, like, nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows what that crime was Mm -hmm. to say who did it or who the victim was. Right. So you can't figure out who came after her. Mm -hmm. But that's a theory. Yeah. I think that's a really strong theory as far as... She just witnessed what she thought was a murder. It's an awfully big coincidence. Yeah, true. Although I would think if somebody was coming to silence her, she would have kicked up a little more of a ruckus. Yeah. Like, it would have been more of a forced entry, I would think. Right, because maybe they didn't know she had kids, so they wouldn't have been as, like, quiet about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it seems like it would have caused a little more of a commotion. Yeah. And I don't think she would have, I don't think she would open the door to someone she didn't know yeah. without her glasses on. Because how right. would she see who it how was? How would she see who it was? Exactly. I don't, I, I, it has to be someone she knows. It had to be someone she knows. Yes. Now, theory three goes exactly opposite of what you just said. Some people say that maybe it was a random crime. Her neighborhood was very, very violent. So, just people say, for example, maybe she did leave the apartment to make a call and it was just somebody in her building that was pissed off and wasn't a good person and decided that she was who they were going to deal with because she was the first person there. This isn't a super popular theory anyway because they're pretty much stereotyping the neighborhood, which it's a bad neighborhood, I get it. But still, why would she not have her glasses on? If she, okay, listen, if she stopped outside of her apartment purposefully, yeah. 
with the intention to step outside, mm-hmm. I think she would have had her glasses. I do too. And she would have made a commotion. If I was outside my apartment yeah. and somebody tried to take me, I would make a commotion. Yeah. Someone would have heard something. Yeah. As opposed to if I'm inside and I'm worried about the, the kids, kids are literally right next yeah. there. I agree. I agree completely. I don't think this theory is very strong. People literally just say it because her neighborhood, it's a bad neighborhood. That's yeah. literally the only evidence that they have to go on that. Now, theory four comes back to what we were just saying. Some people believe that she was abducted by someone she knew. They either, you know, knocked on the door, said, hey, what's up? It's... Could have been anyone. Right. Or, you know, she let him in. She had a phone call, was like, yeah, come on over. Like, the door is open. You know what I mean? A lot of people think that this is strong because of everything that we have already discussed. If it was someone she knew, she wouldn't have to have her glasses on. If she let them in her apartment, it would have been just what we said. She wouldn't have really put up a big struggle. The kids are right there. There's some evidence that there was somebody in the house because of what the kids have said, even though that's a little iffy. This is the strongest theory that had been running for 10 years. Now, my other thing is, because I thought, okay, what if you're a new neighbor and she likes to help people? Yeah. What if somebody came over and said, hey, I need a cup of sugar. Well, not at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah, really. well, you're right. But what if somebody was like, uh, hey, so-and-so fell, can you help me get him up? Yeah. She would have taken her glasses. That's yeah. where it falls apart for yeah. me. It always falls apart for me. Yeah. No, me too. Literally in my notes, after every single theory or everything that's like a stranger wanted her outside or whatever, I literally in all caps say, but she didn't have her glasses on. If it was someone she did not know, she would have had to put her glasses on. Because even if she's in a rush and they're like, oh my god, there's a fire or whatever. She, she can't useless. see anything. She's not going to be helpful. Right, she can't see anything. Obviously she would have put her glasses on. So, we've all agreed that it has to be someone she knows, I think. We all. You and I. You and I have agreed. That's everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's everyone that's here. So, on Wednesday, October 24th, 2018, eight years later... The D.C. Superior Court granted a petition for presumption of death of a missing person and a death certificate was issued. There have been no remains that have been found. There's no hints of where the remains may be. But after so long, this is something to do in order to get affairs together. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. So I just wanted to put that in there. Now, here was where we get to the update in 2020. In 2020, a police informant who had served time in jail with a man named Isaac Moy told police that he had heard Moy talking about a missing girl. Now, Moy allegedly said that police would never identify the person who took her, quote, because he did it the right way so they would never figure it out. Now, this Isaac Moy just so happened to have a particular nickname. Iceberg. Iceberg. Hmm. Told you it was the tip of the iceberg. Oh, God. Now, court records obtained by WTTG, which I don't know who that is. Is it not like, it's probably <laughs> a, a news local station. Local news station. <laughs> 
I got this. That was quoted from one of the articles that was not WTTG. So anyway, it doesn't matter. WTTG, whose nickname also happens to be Iceberg. So there were things that the police were obviously holding close to the vest, like we discussed. That WTTG, the Iceberg, is that what you just said? I said that their nickname also. You said you didn't know who it was, and I said they also have. uh, It's an alias for Iceberg. We're never nicknaming anything Iceberg again. That's my next cat's name. No, absolutely not. Take that back right now. I refuse. (laughs) So court records obtained by WTTG seemed to point directly towards this man known as Iceberg. Now, again, we discussed that police kept a lot of things close to the vest. The public didn't know about a lot because there wasn't a lot. Even the stuff I'm about to tell you, there's not a lot. Right. No, I know. There's there's not a lot. And it's all circumstantial because there's no body. Like, there's no crime scene, Mm -hmm. necessarily. Yeah, I just watched a... um... Like, unsolved murders. Then mm. I might do an episode on later, so I won't tell you much about it. Other than, like, they had no body and no information. Yeah. Except they knew a piece of jewelry was definitely missing. Yeah. And <laughs> well, so that's they, what this And is. so they told no one. Yeah. Yeah. Because when that comes up, you're going to be like, oh, that's the missing piece. Like, that's it. That person has to be the culprit. Yeah. When, it went, when a witness comes forward and says, well, I saw... This piece of jewelry in so and so's truck. Yeah, you're like, ju- but, please get a sketch artist for this jewelry. <laughs> but no one ever knew that jewelry was missing. Yeah, right. So that's why I think a lot of this is coming from. So these documents stated that on October 9th, the night that she went missing, mm-hmm. Moy had called Unique's phone 13 times and was presumably the person that called her at 3 a.m. Huh. Now, the GPS, the GPS tracking bracelet that Moy had on oh. placed him in the apartment the night of Unique's disappearance in early morning, and he was surprisingly not in the apartment later before the kids woke up. wonder why. Weird. 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 Suspicious. Mm-hmm. So they had tested the couch... Because it was a little weird. It looked like somebody had cut pieces out from it. But they didn't really know if, like, when that had happened. Could have been an old couch, right? Yeah. And I don't know what the holes, quote unquote, looked like. Get rid of that pesky stain. Just cut her out. Just cut it out. We're going to buy a new one. Anyway. So they had tested the couch, and there's bodily fluids found on the couch in Unique's apartment. Gross. They match Moy's DNA. Gross. Now, when questioned about the case, because Moy was questioned a couple different times, right? Because at the beginning, because they were friends, and then when one of the sons said that he thought he saw Iceberg in the apartment, they questioned him again, and then they questioned him again when they got all of this stuff. Moy supposedly told contradictory stories about his relationship with Unique, about where he was that night, and, like, what he was doing in the apartment when his GPS tracking bracelet was saying that he was in the apartment. Now, he has, since this has happened, this has come out, he has insisted that he's innocent, and he says that Unique left to start a new life. No. Try again, homeboy. Try again. Let's let's take another answer. So because because of all this evidence, 43-year-old Isaac Moy was arrested and charged in December 
with the murder of 24-year-old Unique Harris. He was arrested one month after serving five years in prison for assaulting a different woman with a knife. Now, he's been in and out of jail for a bunch of different things. Mm -hmm. Now, a judge set his preliminary hearing for what was supposed to be uh, actually yesterday, February, no, February 18th or 19th, but it got postponed. So it's now April 2nd, Mm -hmm. 2021. Now, Valencia, after this has all happened, posted to Facebook, quote, never give up fighting for your loved one. Never. I hope and pray every parent out there can rest a little bit easier. Now, although an arrest has been made, the remains, like we have stated, have not been found, and it's still an ongoing investigation, a lot of the evidence that we have is pretty much circumstantial, like we have stated. There's no hard evidence because there's no there's no crime scene. There's no body, like mm-hmm. we said before. So police are still asking for any information. So if you have any information about this case, you can call 202-727-9099 or anonymously at the, you can text the department's tip line at 50411. That's what we got right now. They can't... Hmm. I'm no lawyer. Let's get that straight. (laughs) But I think it's going to be awfully difficult to say there's a murder. Yeah. If there's no body. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's why they're they're very nervous about it. I think that's why they've been trying to collect more and more evidence on this. And that's why they haven't said anything for so long. Mm -hmm. Because it's circumstantial. Like, he was in the apartment, but that could mean anything. You could probably charge him with, like tampering with a federal investigation yeah if he or lied h- under hinder- oath or whatever which he did i mean but like apparently he did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gave contradicting stories so do you say like um it's not tampering with what's the word interfering with investigation yeah because you're lying about your whereabouts right mm-hmm. and he, i'm sure he's breaking parole right yeah, like I don't, I don't know at that mm-hmm. point maybe i don't know somehow <laughs> They'll make it up. I bet he did in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Well, and it's hard, too, because the only witnesses was a three- and a five-year-old. Maybe. Maybe. And they can't even remember. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's been very tough. Um, and that's why they're asking for any help, like, if anybody knows mm-hmm. anything about the investigation. I'd be interested to see if they make some kind of a deal with him to mm, like tell say, us where you what happened and we we'll... yeah we will downgrade to your sentence mm-hmm. if you show us the remains yeah. take us to where the remains are yeah. yeah 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 true which they might I don't know I don't know but I mean I guess it depends on what he was our like hmm. you don't want to give him a deal and then let him be walking around the streets of DC again after his record so you can't like cut him too nice of a deal oh his records like it it listed a bunch of stuff and i was just like i'm not even gonna write that he's not a good dude but it's whatever and and maybe he hmm, there's a chance he didn't do it yeah there's always (laughs) i thought you were gonna say there's a chance he's not a good dude i was like he was in jail for assaulting a woman with a knife already no 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 it's like uh the chances of your cat killing you are low but never zero (laughs) There's a chance, the chances of him not doing it are low, but not zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got you. I got you. 
think we've just seen the tip of the iceberg no, on this God. one. Maybe. I think you're right. I mean, you've said it about four or five times. Well, you'll cut some of them out. Right? <laughs> no, absolutely. No, they're all staying in. So, anyway, what did you think? Do you think the story will keep you up at night or still think you'll be able to sleep as snug as bug and rug? I, I think I'm definitely going to be looking out for any of the updates now as yeah they come out. i'm not gonna lie i was so stressed about this because i was reading it and i was like Son of, i was like that's so sad like like what happened to her she seems like a lovely person and like her family really cared for her and then it was like oh i saw two articles where it was like update man arrested i was like what man arrested i was like googling furiously i was like who was that and then i found all this information and because I listen to Trace Evidence podcast, but they also have a YouTube channel. But it's the same thing. It's episode 30, The Disappearance of Unique Harris. Go listen to it. But the problem was they got a lot of this information from the Washington Post article called A Young Mother Gone Without a Trace. However, these are old articles. So I was reading a bunch of stuff not thinking. I just thought she was gone. So we have the hot new deets. Yeah. And then I was like trying to Google because they were like he was arrested and charged in December. So I was like... I don't think the court system moves that fast, but I was like, where is he now? I think it's interesting they charged him with murder. It's like second degree or something like that because they can't, I mean. I I yeah. don't know how law, I don't know law. I don't know law either. That's why I was like, I was like, what happened? And I had to get onto the like Washington DC. It's like an updated, like the newest court rulings, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right, because this was supposed to be. I was doing this yesterday, and this mm-hmm. was supposed to be yesterday or the day before. And I found one that said like his stuff had been postponed, but I had to like go into Washington. I was like court cases in Washington D.C. because of COVID. I don't know. I think so, but I don't know. Hmm. I, I it didn't say. Hmm. It's like I wish I had more information, but that's the reason why I want to talk about these stories is because part of the problem is. You can't find a lot of information about it. That's not the same thing over yeah. and over again. So I don't know, like, a lot of your questions, like, answers mm-hmm. to a lot of your questions. I just don't know. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find the information. Maybe I just wasn't looking hard enough. That's on me. Well, we also don't have access to the local newspapers and archives and things. Yeah, I had to. I also, I had to, ugh. The Washington Post, you could only read, like, three articles for free, and that was, like, my third one, and then my computer shut off, and I tried to get back on, and it was like, you have to subscribe, and so I had to go through my computer and, like, delete all my history and cookies and stuff like that, and then get back on the Washington Post. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. To be like, oh, my free, what, I need my three articles for the month. I haven't seen any, what articles? <laughs> So anyway, good story. Thank you. Uh, sad story. I'm hopeful that you know we'll get a little information. Little information. Yes, about iceberg. Mm-hmm. Iceberg Mahoy. Maybe we'll That's see just I mean. how deep this iceberg really goes. I just think of iceberg lettuce. Yeah. Do you think he was a fan of like iced tea and ice cube? I don't know why they named him iceberg. Well, he seems like a pretty deep guy. Okay. All right. I I I can't do this. <laughs> He's swimming in a sea of crime. Yeah, that's for sure. Floating. Floating? Do icebergs are floaters? They float? Yes. Floating in a sea of crime. <laughs> Edit out the first thing I said. Is what that <laughs> no, is. absolutely not. <laughs> All right. So, I I don't I don't have much more to say. 
I can't really be funny because it's a sad it's story. Sad, that's why I don't like doing these because I feel like I'm not funny, but that's okay. I don't want to be. I want to get her story out there. That's that's the point. I mean, I really hope her family feels like they have some closure and they are able to bring justice to the situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll give them more information. Yes. Let's hope so. we'll find out. What happened? Uncover the truth. I agree. I agree. According to him, he thinks he's real slick. Well, Talked he's about himself in the third person to a to iceberg a mole. One, iceberg one there. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I think the quote's messed up. I don't know if he actually slick in the third <laughs> I really like that. If the guy who did it, he'll never get caught. Was an old iceberg, though. Not I. <laughs> In this economy. In this economy? No, ma'am. All right. Well, if you want to look up more about this case, you can go to our website, buggetarug.podbean.com, and look at all my references. Absolutely listen to the Trace Evidence Podcast. The guy's voice is very soothing in my mind. So it was very, I don't want to say comforting, because it was a terrible story. His voice is nice. Soothing, almost. Anyway. Calming. Calming. Yes, but it was also about someone being abducted, so that also offset the calm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Listen to it. Um, If you want to see pictures that we post, you can check us out at Facebook. It's just Bug It A Rug. You can also check us out on Instagram and Twitter, at BIR Podcast. If you would like us to do a story, you can email us, BIRpodcast at gmail.com, or DM us on any of those sites if you want a sticker let us know we still have some we still have some we haven't brought it up in a while because we thought you know if you forgot you'd think oh no there's not a lot left and like absence (laughs) makes the heart grow fonder and all that (laughs) i was thinking like supply and demand but like if you think our supply is low then your demand will go up but then absence makes the heart go fonder makes more sense because they're heart shaped anyway yeah get one for valentine's day We'll be your Valentine. We'll send you one. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sleep tight.